Good morning, Mike Broomhead. Good morning, Jamie. Happy Monday. It always feels weird <laughs> saying that, doesn't it? It does. Especially when I heard you earlier say you were doing your taxes. It's a, a That's what, Did you see him wearing my USA t-shirt? Good Where for are you. you. Oh, I can't see you. But. That's right. I. <laughs> if you could see me, I'd be a little worried right now. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. I am wearing my USA t-shirt, though. That's good. Patri- pa- patriotic Americans that pay their taxes. Trying to good give for myself you. a pep talk. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. Good morning, everyone. Um, let's start there. That's a great place to start. Uh, if you pay your taxes, do it. You know, write them a little extra check. They're out of money. Uh, the city of Scottsdale, Council Member Barry Graham, said there is a staggering shortfall in uh, their budget because of some mistakes they made when they put a bond measure out. Um, they're about a Hundred and fifteen thousand. I'm sorry, hundred and fifteen million dollars over budget. Uh, they went to the voters in Scottsdale on a bond issue back in 2019, and they asked for. A, there were a bunch of projects citywide they wanted to do, and the city approved those projects. And um, so, part of the issue here is that they factored in about twenty percent for inflation at the end of the project, and the inflation dollars are about two times that amount. But there have also been other problems. But here are some of the projects in Scottsdale. I, I bring this up because it's economy. It has to do with factoring in for inflation. I'm going to get to what the point I'm making about that in a moment. But here are some of the projects. Building a new fire and uh, police training compound. Um, the cost is $13 million more than estimated. Nearly 60% increase from the original $22.5 million. So it's more than double. I mean, 60% higher. Um, so I, I shouldn't say more than double. It's almost double. Upgrades to Stage 2, uh, the Stage 2 Theater at Scottsdale Center for the Performing Arts. Upgrades to the 911 Computer-Assisted Dispatch and Records Management System. Renovations to Westworld Horse Barns. Now, get this. The cost is up nearly. The cost will be $12 million or about 150% more than expected out at Westworld. They're trying to make more rentable space out of the horse barns at Westworld. Um Building new swimming pools, replacing the cactus pool, building at the cactus pool. So the reason why I say this is I want you to think about um, if you if you know if you don't already run a business, but if you work somewhere. If the conversation you hear me talk about when we hear about raising taxes, we hear all the time about business owners paying their fair share. You realize that I don't agree with going after just the major corporations or big business or big money people, but it's all Americans that are struggling. If you're struggling to make ends meet because it costs you in your home, here is a perfect example of how it's also costing you. Inflation is costing you with, with the taxes you pay because the people that spend our tax dollars are facing it as well. So now imagine a business owner that's out there right now, either at their office, and they've probably been there long before the employees get there, if they're a small business owner especially, and you think of what they've been facing with inflation and the tax increases that are coming and regulatory increases that are coming, all of this stuff in the name of safety, all of this stuff, and no one wants an unsafe workplace or unsafe conditions. We know we're going to talk more about the another train derailment in Ohio, same rail company, um, but when you talk about when you are just really crushing a business, this is part of what they deal with. Just like the government is saying, we're trying to build these projects. And we told the voters that we were going to. Now, is some of this uh, just that they were got it wrong? I would imagine a bunch of it is they got it wrong with their cost estimates. But not this wrong. When you factor in a 20% for inflation and you're more than double that, 
then you know you're going to have some severe cost overruns. So when you're in the business, when I was in the electrical contracting business, you're always watching, especially if you're doing bigger projects, which I didn't do a lot of as, as a company. I did, was too small. But you think about the electrical contractors that are working out there at either one of the two chip plants, Northwest Valley, Southeast Valley, doesn't matter. Any of these major projects that are going on that take years to build. When you factor in what it costs to buy the commodity of copper wire, if you're a plumber, copper pipe, AC guy, same thing. They use copper in those uh, those lines. And when you try to factor in the cost of that and you have such a huge spike, it becomes disabling to a business. When you look at what petroleum costs and, you know, the coating on wire is petroleum based many times. So there's a lot of factors that go in. So when private businesses are just ignored and expected to just eat it, this is what happens. This is a perfect example of when businesses are looking at what we are trying to do. We are trying to accomplish things for customers. We told a customer it was going to be this much money. And now my labor costs have gone through the roof. My uh, material costs have gone through the roof. Uh, My fuel costs are insane for quite a while, especially if you have vehicles on the road that uh, use diesel fuel. You know that you're still fighting an uphill battle. These are the kinds of things overall when it comes to policies that that get to me. So I want to call out everyone who's guilty, you know, and and the overspending. And now you're seeing uh, even – People on the left side of the aisle talking about the immense overspending, and it's just – it's got to – we've got to do something as citizens to make it easier for businesses to operate. And this idea, this class warfare idea of taxation just drives me crazy because it's the, it's the wealthy that take the risk and employ the majority of people. And then when people out there start a business that aren't wealthy, and I was one of those that started a business with just me and a toolbox and some, and some ladders and a pickup truck, um, what are the opportunities for them to – to grow and be successful. It's difficult. It's very difficult. So here are some of the policies I've been talking about. Because we're fighting, uh, this is a headline from thehill.com. It's a great website. Um, a lot of stories, national stories, they have some local ones when they're uh, pertaining to Arizona, especially when it comes to the elections. But it's 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 one of those kind of laser-focused political website. Um Social Security Medicare clash comes down to what constitutes a cut. The coming battle over the nation's safety net programs are beginning with an early clash over a thorny question of semantics. What constitutes a cut? Because the people, the Democrats are fighting on this saying no cuts, no cuts, no cuts. But I'm saying to you with all due respect, everybody involved in these programs on both sides of the political aisle, on the inside of the budget process, understands that the massive debt that the U.S. carries is in large part because of Medicare. Medicaid and Social Security. So there's got to be something done there. But here's a couple of things that I found interesting. Experts warned the Biden administration that their energy policies would come back to hurt us in the long run. One expert issued a stark stark warning. Former U.S. Homeland Security Advisor Julia Neshwat, I think I pronounced that, Neshwat, um, warned the White House energy stance will have long-term implications for the energy sector after the memo was accidentally leaked. Um, we're at a time in uh, we are in a time of a global energy crisis and the fact that we're dealing with global supply chain disruptions the fact that we have vast natural resources here in North America and we be able to put one over the other they're both important but it's not a zero sum game in this in this memo, they talked about the Biden administration putting climate change as a priority over energy security. 
Um, there is another story um, that says uh, in in uh, Alaska, the legislature, rural senators, representatives in Washington last week, appearing at a Capitol press conference with Lisa Murkowski, Senator Dan Sullivan, and Representative Mary uh, Peltola, um, all said that they are asking the Biden administration to drill in Alaska. If you go back to the old days, and I don't know if, <clears throat> if you remember this story or know anything about this story, but back when Sarah Palin was the governor of Alaska – what made her, what put her on the map in a lot of people's minds was as a Republican going after the oil companies, but not in the way you think. See, there were oil leases in Alaska that the major oil companies had. Well, the way Alaska works is different than a lot than any other place that I know of in the country, where citizens there reap the benefits of the natural resources of the land, and they get checks every year. And so the oil companies realized that oil was more valuable in the ground than when you pull it out of the ground. Because if you pull a barrel of oil out of the ground now and you sell it for 60 bucks a barrel, in five years it might be worth $110 a barrel. So you hang on to it. It's kind of like gold. It's kind of like the other things. You watch the price go up like this. But Sarah Palin, as governor, went to the oil companies and said, listen, that, that oil belongs to the people of Alaska. You're leasing that land to drill for that oil so that you can write them checks. So either pull the oil out of the ground or – or we'll take the leases from you and we'll sell those leases to people that will pull that oil out of the ground. Well, with these new energy policies of the administration, we're seeing more and more groups are saying, hey, listen, especially these native groups, the native groups, the native leaders in Alaska are saying, listen, we we make a huge part of the money that our our our, our people live on are from these oil leases. You got to start drilling. So it, there's so much more to this. There is so much going on. And um, it, it's very difficult to work around it. So when I said, and I've been saying for a long time that the Biden administration's um, policy on climate change supersedes everything else, people in their own administration are saying it. Inside the administration said, we've got to have oil secure, energy security, and we don't. It's tough. What we're going to do coming up here in just a moment is we're going to talk about crime. Are, are we seeing more leaders on the left side of the aisle becoming tough on crime? That happens in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. All right, here is something very cool that's happening. You could win lower-level tickets to see Kevin Durant play his first home game as a Phoenix Sun. Just text KD to 411923. Suns are playing the Thunder on Wednesday. Plus, you could get two KD jerseys. Just text KD to 411923 for your chance to win. That's a pretty cool prize. Um, I want to talk about crime and punishment. We talk about it very often, but we're seeing the Biden administration is taking heat. Here's part of this happens on both sides of the aisle, but this this typifies this exemplifies the problem we have in American politics. Most people and I mean this sincerely, most people on both sides of the political aisle. This is one of those things that straddles political lines want safe streets and they believe that safe streets happen when you've got a police force that is well you know employed or well staffed well trained and well equipped the defund the police movement has shown itself to be a mess 
to be an absolute mess. The vast majority of Americans believe that we need to have – now, no one is advocating for police brutality or uh, abuse of force. No one no, – there's no one more pro-cop than I am, and I don't think there's anything I, I, I hate more when it comes to policing than seeing abusive cops because it makes the entire profession look bad. The old adage that no one hates a bad cop more than a good cop. But here you have a, 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 a segment of the president's party that are furious with him about the crime bill in Washington, D.C., which would diminish punishments for criminals. Some of those criminals, violent criminals. And the president is saying he made a decision on Thursday. He said this uh, on, a, on a local crime law, sends a national message to fellow Democrats about how he believes they should address Republican criticism of the nation's rising crime rates. So I understand that if people are upset about treatment in a community saying that if you are – if you're a person of color or you're someone that lives in a poor neighborhood, the police treat you differently than they do on the other side of town. We can get into the politics of that from now until the end of time. But we all want people to feel – Safe in their neighborhood, including if they're afraid of the police. Now, if you're a criminal, you should be afraid of the police. You should be afraid of the police. But our leaders in liberal in most cities, you know, states uh, there are a lot. Most states are red, but almost every city is blue, even including Phoenix, is run by. The Democrats. They, that's just how it works. And I don't know why urban areas are largely, but it doesn't matter. I want you to hear Mayor Adams. He is the mayor of New York. He was talking about the signs, what this means. He's good friends with Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago, who just came in third in the election, got just crushed in the election. And he had a couple of thoughts of what all of this means. Listen to this. Well, I think all of our big cities, I like to say we have three parties, um, Democrat, Republicans and mayors. Uh, mayors, we are closer, we're the closest to the problems. And I stated on the campaign trail and in the city, public safety is a prerequisite to prosperity. Same in Chicago, like New York and many of our big cities across America. That is why we're zero focus, double digit decrease in shootings, double digit decrease uh, in homicides. We, we have witnessed this year, uh, particularly the month of February, all of our index crimes are low, low for the entire year. We are focused on public safety because people want to be safe. They don't feel safe and they are actually safe, then you're going to lose control of your city. Now, there is someone that is a, by a, a very liberal Democrat. It sounds like the message is getting through in many areas. Now, not everywhere. There are other parts of the country where they're still defunding the police. We know about this big clash in Atlanta where they were building a police training facility and 35 people were uh, arrested or detained. And uh, so this continues to be a battle in some places. But the message seems to be getting through in some places. The, the White House is now talking about we need to be tougher on crime. you got the mayor of New York. Now, he goes on. He talks about this. This light foot loss is a warning. Listen to this part. Yeah, I think it's a warning sign for the country. Uh, Eric Adams has been talking about public safety, not only on the campaign trail, uh, but for the first year. I showed up at crime scenes. I knew what New Yorkers were saying, and I saw it all over the country. I think, if anything, it is really stating that this is what I have been talking about. America, we have to be safe. 
I am in New York City right now. I'm in New York City. I'll be here until Wednesday. And um, what is happening in New York City and what the mayor is saying, we should be heeding that warning in Phoenix, Arizona, and Glendale, and Scottsdale, and all the major cities in the va- that make up our valley. We should be looking at what a lot of cities have done and realize it's not a good plan. And, and I'm going to give some credit where credit's due. I've been at a couple of events of in within the past year with the Phoenix mayor, Kate Gallego, and uh, they have been expressly law enforcement events that she went to to support law enforcement. And in both of those instances, when it was her time to speak, she said emphatically, we have never and we will never defund the police in Phoenix. Now, I think that is a great message for a mayor to send. Now, she could have done what was politically expedient and not said anything, just been quiet on the issue, voted in favor of the cops or said she supported the cops. But she said it vocally. Now, did she say it because she was in a room full of police? I doubt that she did that because she knows people are still going to hear those words. So she said it because she wanted the police in that room to know you've got my backing as the mayor. Now, we don't have a strong mayor system like a lot of cities do, but it was good that our mayor said it. But the message getting out is that we want the police to be well-trained, well-compensated, well-equipped, well-staffed, so that they can do their jobs appropriately. And then we have the ability to train those officers in all of the areas that we want them to be good at, including um, the idea to uh, de-escalate a situation. When you have to go hands-on or put your hands on somebody, um, what do you do in a mental health crisis? All of these training mechanisms that are necessary. So let's see if we can't get there. What we're going to do in a moment, Gatos joins me. It's the BQ poll question of the day. And then just after 9 o'clock, the governor says we are not going to move forward with executions. All that's coming up. Stick around. The Gatos Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, good morning, Gatos. How's the Big Apple? It's great. I'm having fun. It's cold, but uh, um, I brought two jackets with me, a big overcoat and then a leather coat I bought when I was in Italy. So I wore the leather coat today to come to this studio, and um, I realized when I got outside, the, uh, the zipper doesn't work. Oh, jeez. Not, not, <laughs> not the best way to figure that out. Well, it, it, things could be worse. It could be the zipper on your pants. Fair enough. That's a whole different story. If you're going on television tonight and you got a busted zipper, you're going to be uncomfortable. People are going to be yeah. like, why does this guy's fly open? He's Listen, weird. What's the deal? Can I tell you a quick story very quickly? I would like a quick story, yes. When I, the first time I came to New York to do a national television show, I was doing the Glenn Beck show. And they had a New York studio right in Times Square. So I literally was half a block from the Lion King. I felt like king of the world. Brand new suit, brand new shirt and tie, walk into the building. It was only half a block, so I walked to the building, and I'm literally walking down the street thinking to myself, this is the coolest you are ever going to be. Walked into the studio, put my stuff down, walked into the men's room, fly wide open. (laughs) I'm walking around midtown Manhattan with my fly wide open. (laughs) That's that's how cool I am. It still was the coolest I've ever been, by the way. Oh, oh my gosh, that's so funny. It was great. Oh, your fly is wide open. Wide Goodness open. gracious. Gray pants uh, and a purple shirt. There was no hiding it. 
there should be an alarm like on your fly that if it is open, I don't know, you you feel like a, a tingle, I don't know, or like there's a beep because uh, it's so awful. I, yeah, and you you just, walk around and you're like, oh gosh, I've been doing this all day and no one said a word. And shouldn't it be a guy code that you tell a guy like don't girls like if a, if a woman's got something in her in her teeth or whatever yeah, or lipstick that's on our her job. teeth? Yeah. Yeah. Well, why yeah. not? Somebody should have just pointed it out. If I saw you with your fly down, I'd let you keep walking with your fly down. I know you would. You take a picture, because, you'd put it on social media. Oh, it'd be so funny. Oh my right. gosh, I would I got not. A minute. I would. I would not correct you. I've got one minute because I took up all, all of right. your time with my stupid story. What do you? No, got? no. I like listen. The story's better than the poll question. Let me okay. tell you. <laughs> uh, spring training is back in the valley. You know how you and I are always trying to figure out something to do together. Yep. Uh, are we going to go to a spring training game? That's what I ask. Will you go to a game uh, this spring, yes or no? Are we going or not? I would like to. We should. I, I love spring training. You do? Yeah. All right. You, you put a pair of pants on, you'll zip up, you'll be good? I will. I will zip up. All right. I might get us some tickets. Is it just me and you, or do we want to take some friends from the station? What would Whatever. you like? Whatever you want to do. It's up to you. If you want to just do... Okay. Uh, okay. It's up to you. It's up to me. Yep. All right, I'll make all the decisions. I'll arrange the transportation, and I'm all set. I'll, I'll let you know a date, Thanks. and maybe you won't be doing your big fancy TV show. Thanks, Gatos. Okay, thank you. <laughs> the Big Q Poll Question today brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. We talk executions next.